0: What is going on, Freedom Pact? I am your host, Joseph Newton. I am joined tonight by my co-host... Lewis Van Hilchek. ...and we are very excited. I am so excited about tonight's episode. Our next guest is a man that has taken the UK's motivational industry by storm. But his journey to get there hasn't always been that easy. In year nine, he battled extreme mental health difficulties when he was locked in a fight against depression and a low self-worth. This spiralled out during his teenage years, during which he only managed to get four GCSEs. However, what has followed since then is just remarkable. He then decided that although his past had been troubled, it didn't mean that his future had to be. After developing a passion for sport and giving back, he chose to volunteer and tried to help younger generations actualize their potential and to help them avoid the pitfalls that he had found himself in. Since then he's gone on to rack up over a thousand hours of volunteering. He's been a, a member of the youth board at the Youth Sport Trust and the act of sharing his story and his struggles has allowed him to travel throughout the UK and Europe as one of the most influential young motivational speakers being just twenty-one years old, he's recently spoken at ten Downing Street, and all of this whilst gaining a first-class honours degree. Not too bad, if I say so myself. Luke Reese, welcome to the Freedom Pack. Thanks, guys.
1: We're really honoured to be part of this incredible movement, and really glad to be joining you
2: this evening. Fantastic, man. So let's let's get into it. I mean, as Joe said, over the last three years, you've you've said to have volunteered over a thousand hours to help young people so what i wanted to know was why is inspiring the youth of today such an important issue to you
1: so for for me it was really about reflecting on where i have come from and where i am now and for me in regards to that question in regards to inspiring that next generation inspiring the young people of of our next generation it was a case of that you know, I, I believe I have some of the life experiences but also some of the messages that I believe would have really helped me but would have really, most importantly, impacted me as I grew up as a young person. So for me, it's all about giving back and it's all about sharing the stories that are relevant to young people. And for me, that's why I'm so passionate about sharing my experiences but also sharing the realistic, um, sorry, sharing the sharing the, the real topics that aren't often talked about in the educational system, especially from a young person's perspective. You know, we often have people and, you know, members of staff and professional members come into schools and conferences and events talking about the importance of, you know, education, the, import- the importance of living a, a life full of fulfilment. But the reality is, is that some of those professionals aren't really relatable to the young people of our generation. And so for me, it's about sharing my life experiences and hope that I can shape, but also influence our future generations to really explore their curiosity, but most importantly to understand that you know believing you can do something is actually more important than being able to do it and as long as our young people of our next generation believe in themselves then they can achieve anything that they set their mind to.
0: I love that and I also love what you said there about the about the educational uh, you know the flaws in terms of that it's just not relatable and that is something which Lewis and I we wholeheartedly subscribe to that message. Something which I want to talk about is that You've made it no secret That you've battled depression And you've battled mental health issues It was recently World Mental Health Day Uh, We've noticed that a lot of our listeners uh, Are advocates of mental wellness Could you speak a bit About how depression affects young people How you manage to deal with it And what advice you give To say someone that's out there They're feeling hopeless They're feeling like There's just no way out Because this is what you've talked about you know this is what you battled
1: yeah great question And um, for me it's I think not enough people realise how big of a deal mental health is especially amongst young people and you know especially inside of the educational system and you know besides me just talking about young people in the education educational system it's also the teachers and the people who are in that school environment everyone in that school environment is suffering with mental health one in four people across the UK will suffer mental health each and every year and you know the numbers are just growing bigger but you know what i challenge is you know are these numbers are more young people suffering mental health problems or are we just getting better at realizing the symptoms and are we is the conversation becoming normality now where people can feel as if they can open up about it so you know that's a sort of thought that is and you know you take on that what you think but for me personally growing up with um, anxiety and depression uh, you know I'll, I'll take it back to a time where I was in 2013 so I, I was just coming towards the end of my uh, secondary school career um, in regards to education and you know I was feeling uh, really unhappy with myself I was feeling quite negative and I had a real lack of ambition and outlook in life and the reality was that I didn't understand or I didn't know where my future was going my um, attendance dropped down to 64% in school and it, it came to the point where I thought you know enough's enough something has to change and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, I was fortunate and blessed to have uh, a huge amount of support network around me, whether that being teachers or family members or friends that are all willing to help, which, you know, really does make a huge difference when you are going through in difficult times. But it took about a year or two years of suffering of, of pain anxiety to actually realise that you know, this wasn't just your normal childhood, this was actually a a bigger issue. And, and at that point, that was when I was diagnosed with clinical uh, depression and anxiety. And it was only at that point that it actually became a reality. You know, I was, I and talked through my own mind that this was something that I was alone with, there was nobody else feeling the way I had. But I actually remember watching um, an advert on the TV, it was on BBC Wales News, 6pm um, one evening, and it was a blacked out image on, on the screen and it was a young person talking about their mental health experiences and their battles with depression. And I remember my eyes just being purely glued to this TV. And I, I can faintly remember, this, it was as if this person was describing me. It, it was describing all the feelings that I have ever had. And it was only at that point, really, that I, I understood that, well, perhaps I'm not alone. Perhaps I'm not the only one suffering with, with anxiety and depression at this young age. And it was only until then that I actually started to seek help. I immediately ran upstairs onto my computer and started searching, you know, the signposting websites that they signposted me to at the end of this um, advert on the TV. It was only at that point I realised that I was going through a much bigger issue that was a lot bigger than myself. It was actually going on within all of society. But, But for me, what's most important is that this message continues to spread, especially with young people. You know, you only have to look at some of the influential factors that young people face each and every day, whether that being the pressures that they face in school, whether that be the pressures they're facing on social media or just even everyday life. So for me, it's encouraging young people to realise that it's OK not to be OK. You know, and that, although how cliche that statement is, you know, it's it's reality. And, you know, you don't have to be a happy, full self 100% of the time you know, we all feel down, we all feel upset time to time, but it's a reality of learning how to deal with that and learning, you know, once you're feeling in that situation, how can you get yourself back up to feeling happy and feeling positive in a way that you, know, you can manage your mental health? Because we need to understand that having mental health and caring for your mental health is just as important as your physical health. You know, if if you was to picture four people waiting in a... I'll do a description. Imagine four people waiting in a a hospital waiting room waiting to be seen by the doctor. You know, the one of them maybe has a cast on the arm. The other has crutches. Uh, The other person has a a swollen eye, black eye, and the other person has sat there um, without any um, physical damages to them at all. The reality is, if somebody was to have a physical problem in regards to their health a broken arm you can easily visually see that but the problem with mental health is you can't see it because it's all on the inside and i think the best way to describe mental health is a bit like an iceberg you know beneath the surface you can see all the emotions and the feelings that some an individual or a young person may be feeling and above the surface all you see is a small peak and the small peak is actually the actions that people are showing off You only get to see a slight snippet of the problem when the reality is there's a huge undersurface of the water that people doesn't see, and that's people's emotions. And so for me, by by painting visual images such as them just then, it's about us understanding that we all have a duty of care of not just caring for our own mental health, but most importantly caring for others we all have a role of asking people how they are and really meaning it because we all have to look out for each other in this day and age. Uh, you know, those are some of the messages that I'm trying to get along to the next generation to to realise that together we can and we will make the change.
2: Wow, I man, I thought that was that was quite beautiful. And I and I love what you said about it becoming, you know, a topic that, you know, we're getting more attention to and I think that it speaks volumes that I think our episode on anxiety was our most listened to episode, so it is definitely becoming you know, a, a subject that people are opening up to. I, I read on your website as well that one of the first steps for you, um, it, you know, in, in towards your career was learning how to become a leader, and that was something you're interested in, and that's something that we've spoke about before, so what I wanted to ask was, what does leadership actually mean to you then, and how can somebody become a good leader?
1: Great, great question. Um, for me, everyone has the ability to be a leader in their own right. You know, whether you have the confidence to stand up and and take lead and lead a group of people in the right direction to make change, or or whether you're somebody who maybe is a great listener and doesn't have the confidence to speak. You know, everyone has that leadership ability inside of them. It's just understanding first of all what is their own potential, and as soon as you know, as soon as you discover your own potential you can then start to work towards certain goals and, and achievements in regards to you wish to obtain. So, for I me, mean, leadership is about understanding the role that you can play in influencing others along a journey. For so, I me, mean, leading is very important. You know, when people think leader, sometimes they think of somebody telling somebody to do something. And through my personal experience and especially in the volunteer industry, you know, it's a case of that some of the greatest leaders believe in themselves in regards to that they think that they need to push people or point people in the right direction in order to do, to do to achieve a goal or do something, where for me, my personal leadership journey has been about taking a group of young people on a journey for them not just being able to discover themselves and their own uh, and to be able to unlock their own potential, but it's about helping others along that journey to ensure that no matter what part of the journey they wish to go on their own route or maybe step off because they've achieved all they wanted to, then that's okay. So for me it's all about taking people on that journey And understanding that they
0: can achieve anything That they set their mind to We at the Freedom Pack We are enormous advocates About the power of your inner circle You know I mean we've just released A podcast of it We fully endorse that You know the You essentially are the product of the five people You most associate with When I was researching Into your story I've noticed that at certain points you described yourself as a disengaged school student. Did your inner circle at this point have any part to play in this?
1: For me, my, my circle of influence in particular has been incredibly powerful throughout my journey. And and what I didn't realise, but what I've came to appreciate now is that that circle isn't always going to be the same circle no matter where you are in your stage in your lives. To me, as I've progressed as a professional, you know, as a young person moving into the professional industry, it's a case of that. You're always going to add people to the circle to to improve you and to improve your ability in your network. But also throughout that journey, you are going to lose contact with people. You know, I'm I'm hugely important in regards to, you know, the, the idea of being, grounded and always remember the roots where you came from and, and always support the people who helped you at the very early stages of that journey but you have to realize that that inner circle is never always going to be the same so you're going to add more people as you you know as you um be, as you kind of work with more young people and work with more professionals in your industry but for me in regards to that inner circle at a young age it was a case of you know, not making a habit out of choosing what feels good over actually what's good for you and for me, that inner circle is, is great along that curve because it's a case of that, you know, often t- often I used to just make a habit of doing what felt good for me. So it was helping, you know, my inner circle in regards to say, my teachers, my family members, maybe, maybe as a counsellor who I share my mental health battles with. But the reality was that I actually had to make a decision and I actually had to I have to do what was good for me eventually. And by doing that, I was able to improve my circle of influence and, by doing that, it allowed me to really explore my aspirations to a whole different level. And it opened me up to a whole different perspective, uh, something that I never really explored before.
2: Carrying on from that then, from that disengaged school student that you once were, I mean, you've come such a long way. I mean, you recently spoke at 10 Downing Street. I mean, you know, that is, a, that is a quite a transformation. And I imagine that that road wasn't exactly you know, easy as people see the end product being. And there must have been a few times where you were met with failure or a couple of hurdles. Can you just speak a bit on the mindset that, you know, somebody needs to achieve their goals? Because I think, the you know, the how far you've come is quite astounding. And I don't think people... Sometimes truly appreciate the process; they just see the end product.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, one of the, the benefits of, of working with young people in particular is you get an insight of, to, to a young people's mind that you know maybe isn't available to most people. And, and I, I'll share with you a fact. I was working at a, a camp um, up in Loughborough a couple of weeks, ago, a, couple, a couple of months ago, sorry. And we was doing some goal setting with a group of young girls, and you know, I are talking about goals and aspirations, what they want to achieve in life. I remember one person writing down on their, their dream was to become a social media influencer. And, and for me, I was just completely get it because that's generation that it's now moving forward because people see of how easy it is to make money on social media. But in regards to that process piece, it's where people don't see. People only see the luxurious places that maybe social media influencers in particular are able to travel and go on a day-to-day basis What you don't see is the 10 years of graft that they had to get, that they had to put in, the hours and hours they had to spend each and every day creating valuable content that that would get get seen. And especially when it comes down to to um, content creation is, you know, you try and create as much as you can to put yourself in a position to be successful. But the reality is you can't control the content that actually does well. You know, you can spend hours and hours of creating a great video, but the reality is if, if that video isn't seen by the right people, then it's not going to do well. And immediately you can, you can knock yourself down, you can feel bad and you can give up. But in regards to learning from that failure piece, it's the ability to keep going no matter how tough times get. I'm, I'm a huge believer that failure only happens when you lose your willpower to continue trying if we if we let if we let all the obstacles get the best of us then that's our choice to fail and not faint and often the majority of time we we become our own worst enemy you know only only us only you can forgive yourself Uh, you know so whatever you're you're holding onto from the past you have to let that go go whether that being it being failure whether that being an obstacle that you you know maybe shied away from taking on you know, if, if you're judging yourself for something you did in the past then consider this you know right now you're, you're in a totally different place in your life you, you're a different person back then so so free yourself and forgive yourself allow failure to take place because you know everyone has fails in their life and i don't think failure is something enough people talk about you know we often see the successes that people achieve but you know, at one point or another you're going to suffer failure and if you haven't then you certainly will. You just have to wait and see. Uh, but the problem with that is most people associate failure with complete defeat, and, and I know this because I failed countless of times, and, and I felt during my journey that enough was enough. I can't keep on going like this. And you know, if i have been knocked down at this stage, then it's impossible to pick myself up and go again. But, but through those failures, I learned some of the most important and valuable lessons. And actually, in fact, before having to, to suffer through countless of failures one after another. I only now realize the importance of failures because, you know, my failures doesn't define me as an individual, but it defines my ability to get up and keep moving forward. Because when we fail, we learn, you know, we grow and mature and we achieve a whole new understanding and perspectives on life. And, you know, whether that being business, uh, education, or even relationships, when things fail we learn from it and that's the most important part but no matter what the situation no matter how many times people laugh at you walk all over you or or sometimes just ignore you when you share your ambition like i've done with many people just never give up and it doesn't matter if we only progress a, a small amount each day what really matters is that we're making some progress at all and we can't just stop and stand
0: still that's brilliant and The market which you were in, obviously speaking to to the younger generation. Lewis and I have been thinking for a long time, you know, we've done so much study into motivation and, you know, we've looked at the science of motivation, extrinsic, intrinsic motivation. And we've concluded over time that, you know, more than anything, that the why is so important you know why you know it's okay to be motivated you know i can throw an eric thomas video on and i can i can get myself to do anything for a few days what we want to know is why why is it that you do what you do you know what is your why yeah
1: great question and I'm a huge believer in, in simon Sinek's uh, in regards to his history, his circle of influence. In regards to starting with why, and it's it's an incredible read, and you know, I'm a huge believer in his philosophy. And for me, my why has changed over the years. You know, I'll share with you my why when I was suffering mental health problems. My why was because I wanted to become the person who I once was. I wanted to get myself back to where I once was in my life. In regards to being a happy and positive young person who lived and who lived and lived their life to the very fullest. Um, But for me, over the last few years, my why has changed, and my why at the moment is currently to to make my family proud of the young person and the person who I became. And for me, that's so important because I know in, in my life I've made mistakes, but I regret nothing, even if my past was full of hurt and negativity. I still look back and smile because it made me who I am today. And no one can go back and make a brand new start, but anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. So, yeah, again, my why is to make my family proud and to help other young people to
0: believe in themselves to unlock their full potential. At the start of what you just said, but you mentioned Simon Sinek and the book Start With Why. Lewis yeah. and I have both read that book. Um, what you've just said, but has really resonated with us. And we want to know how important do you think that reading is and also if you do think that it is what books would you recommend to someone starting out
1: good question you know for me i'd be a hypocrite if i said i'm a huge reader um because the reality is you know i've never been somebody who can really sit down and read no end of books. For me, I'm somebody who I best learn in a visual or audio format. So whether that being through watching YouTube videos of motivational talks or giving leadership or motivation methods or whether that's listening to podcasts like The Freedom Pact or uh, another great poz- podcast where I've come to love is a guy called Lewis Howes.
0: Love you it, know, yeah. He,
1: he, he interviews some great people and for me, it's that ability to learn and for me, I'll use podcasts if I'm you know driving in the car somewhere you know, rather than listening to the radio for an hour and you know when I used to drive to university I used to put a podcast on because for yeah. me that was 45 minutes of a learning opportunity rather than just listening to a radio and listening to some songs um so for me personally it's about everyone learns in a different method and we have to appreciate and acknowledge that um but for me in regards to uh, book wise you know I'm a huge believer in you know, in start with why it's been a real game changer for me um but also in regards to a, um, a business term, something that I learned a lot from was, um, it was coming called the, the Legacy. It was a book about the all blacks and it was about doing the small things, which is something that I think a lot of people can learn from. And for me, what I took away from that book, which is, I most importantly devoted my life to, it, is being world class at the things that require zero talent. You know, so many people deny themselves the ability and say they're not good enough uh, the skills that hard to equip. So for me, I focused on prefe- um, prioritising, but most importantly, being the best at the skills that require zero talent. Whether that's being on time to events, or whether that's you know pr- um, presenting a positive image, or taking the time to communicate or speak or network. You know, these are things that often get overlooked, but these are things that add the most value to people in particular. Um, but in regards going back to that piece. of of reading and, you know, how do you learn from other things, one of the biggest opportunities opportunities I believe that we have to learn is actually through social media. And I'll say this because I think it's quite a new thing that not many people quite understand. For me, I've made, you know, I'll talk about a a specific social media account and that's Instagram. For me, I've made my Instagram a library of learning opportunities. know we often talk about the negative effects social media has but the reality is is that there's no end of learning opportunities via social media so for me by me following and interacting with people who maybe motivate me or inspire me or posting new theories or even sharing their information by me following them on social media on instagram in particular it's allowing me to create this library of learning opportunities and as i scroll through each and every day you know i only follow people who make me feel positive and only people who empower me to continue on with my movement. So as I'm flicking through social media, as everyone does, I'm able to get motivation through that and continue on with my work day.
2: You spoke then about you know the power of social media and, and spoke about Instagram and, and using that as a library for yourself. Uh, I think for me, one of my favorite... Um, you know, forms of social media is, is LinkedIn because you know that's how I yeah. that's how I make so many connections and uh, network with people. And for me, it's probably the most powerful tool uh, I have on my phone. So for you, then, me, me and Joe, we rele- we recently released an episode on the power of networking. How how important has networking been for you in your journey? Uh, you know, are there, are there people you've connected with maybe on LinkedIn or something that's you know opened up new opportunities? You know, how how much has that helped you step up a level since you started networking
1: networking is something that i've had to learn very quickly but it's secretly secretly become one of my most favorite things to do because you have to realize that no matter you know whether you're just like you said whether you're on social media or whether you're at an event in person with somebody there is always a network opportunity and if you're willing to step out your comfort zone and Make yourself feel uncomfortable for a short second. You know, you may feel uncomfortable, but the reality is you'll gain something so much more um, impactful than you would just speaking to your group of friends. And you know, for me personally, whenever I go to an event, it's always about networking and listening to other people. That having that ability to question and find out what people are up to—you never know—could lead to you achieving something that you never thought of doing before. For me personally, you know, whenever I speak at uh, an event you know, my priority is doing the best I can to inspire the audience to believe in themselves in that time. But as soon as that event finishes, it then becomes a networking opportunity. For example, I'll be speaking at a conference in front of 500 people on Friday. So for me, it's about empowering the people, 500 audience day. But as soon as I come off stage, that's an opportunity for me to network. And for me, that becomes a real opportunity to get future and potential bookings as a motivational speaker. So often the times we often turn our back on other people is often the time where we need to start connecting and start asking the questions and especially being a young person and to any young people listening to this podcast don't be afraid to ask the likelihood is that people will be willing to help you because you're young so it's not it's not as if you're going to feel awkward or you don't feel bad on asking some of the the highest people on social media or, or the highest people with the highest paid jobs on linkedin the reality is if you know if they've got family around your age or young people, they are more likely to help you than somebody else. So just don't be afraid to ask and to ask the real questions that can get you to where you want to be.
0: Just by speaking to you, I can just feel the positivity just radiating. And that's that's got me thinking, you know, it's obvious that, you know, you are you are very positive. Do you make sure that the people you associate with are positive? And how do you deal with how do you deal with negativity in your life?
1: So for me, I'm I'm in a constant battle with negativity, especially being the people I'm with. You know, even some of my mates. You know, when I'm trying to grow my personal brand, which is social media, you know, even when I'm trying to share positive messages, my mate will some, sometimes I get texts off my mates taking the mick out of the quotes I'll post or the videos that I'll share. But for me, it's having the ability. Is that the way I think of it? If one person can view that video or view the photo or or view anything that I'm sharing and can feel empowered or can feel inspired or just make them smile. Just make them have that rush of energy, which can maybe sometimes get them through their evening nights if times are that rough. As long as I can influence or empower that one person then I've done my job, that's all I'm about. And you know, we, I'm conscious that everyone's gonna face negativity in their life, but the reality is, as long as it's giving you fulfillment and you feel happy with what you're sharing, that is all that matters for me i use negativity to fill my motivation to continue doing what i'm doing if i had ever let the negativity get to me in my life then i would nowhere near be where i am today like I said earlier, people used to laugh at me when I shared my ambition of going to of wanting to go to university with only four GCSEs, but I decided to use that people laughing at me, use that negative energy as a fuel of motivation to prove people wrong. Whether university was the right route for me or not, I wanted to do it because I wanted to prove people wrong.
2: Wow man, I mean I think that's something me and Joe have, have, have also faced. I mean, I just, you know you at times you can't seem to you know try and work on yourself and you know promote positivity without you know someone someone making a joke out of it even if they are friends and i think i think that holds a lot of people back um to a certain extent i know myself i've i've always been interested in podcasts and always wanted to launch one but i feel like i was always held back by the fear of you know my friends from university you know making fun of everything i do and things like that so you know do you do do you think it's you know important to just you know drop the fear and just you know just say it's worth it right now to go through a bit of ridicule to reach your goals definitely and
1: for me you know i'm very famous like saying is just do it and if you keep doing what you've always done then you'll keep getting the same results and you'll keep getting what you've always gotten there'll never be a perfect situation in our lives to do something we should have done a long time ago but at some point like as nike said as i just mentioned we just have to do it we have to take that that leap of faith. Yes, you may lose, lose something good, but you may gain something better. And as long as you can look forward in a, a positive frame of mind, and as long as you're stubborn with your goal, but you're flexible with your journey and how you're going to get there, then I believe you can do anything that you set your mind to, despite what other people may say or, or may look at you. And as long as you believe you can do something like that, so that should, that's all that should matter.
0: You know, Luke, you're obviously... So driven, You know, I can just I. I think I just have a. I think I have a. Have a a bit of a talent to to sort of guess how far people are gonna go, and and I'd be willing to bet on you. And I wanna know, what's the vision? Where do you want to go?
1: The vision for me is to be ambitious, as physically possible. For me, ambition drives me. Um, you know something that I've learnt recently and especially the last two or three years it's having the opportunity to dream as big as you can to dare to dream but then the importance of having small goals that can help gain momentum to achieve that big or that aspirational goal that you may want to achieve in life so for me by just know, writing things down, ticking off those small goals. Eventually, them quick wins build momentum that you're able to capitalise on, and you're able to achieve that bigger ambition. Um, but for me, strictly speaking, is my dream and my goal would be to make motivational speaking a full time job. Not because, not because it's you know it, it's self employed and it allows you to be your, your own boss. But for me, it's all about the impact and the value that I can add to young people. I believe. That, not enough for us young people fully believing themselves and their own ability. You know, like we talked about earlier in regards to the flaws that the educational system has, there's a huge opportunity that comes with the education system. And that's something that we can't shy away from. You know, with every negative in life there's an opportunity. You know, but for me it's about sharing these messages with young people to ensure others can feel confident and can feel happy about themselves to ensure they go on to live a life full of fulfilment so that's my goal and that's my ambition you know like I said that's my goal so I need to be stubborn with that but I need to be flexible with my journey now what's going to happen in the next months or two I don't know but all I can tell you is that I'm extremely excited to see what arises
0: wow Luke What does freedom look like to you?
1: What does freedom mean to me? For me, freedom is defined by the opportunity to do what feels right in any given moment without no limitations.
0: You know, that was beautiful. Where can our listeners find you?
1: So, if, if you're after so maybe some motivation, or if you want to find out more about me and, and my journey in particular, then you can find me on all social media challenge and um, social media channels. Whether that being Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or even on my website. So, my social media channels are all at Luke Reese UK. And if you wish to find, find me on my website, then it's Luke Reese. And like, I just want to put it out there. You know, if anyone's feeling you know a bit down themselves or who wants to have a conversation whether it's you're going through a tough time with mental health or whether you're just lacking a bit of ambition then you know please do feel free to reach out and start that conversation with me i'm always there to listen most importantly to what you have to say but I'm there to help and I think everyone should be the more others the more other people can care about others the better off this world and the better off this generation will be so you can find me on Luke Reese UK on any social media site and I look forward to connecting with you all in the near future
0: Luke Reese, this has been a beautiful episode I can Lewis and I were so inspired we think honestly we are so excited to see where your journey is going to go we can't wait to connect with you again in the future Luke Reese. This has been the Freedom Pact. Thank you so much.